0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougal, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Good morning, church family. It's good to be together today. Hope you're doing well. We're in week two of our mini-series, which we've entitled To Be Honest, and this is really just a a pastoral check-in on us, on you. How is it with your soul, is is what we're um, really aiming at with this three-week series. And um, I think most of us last week, Tyson hit on it. Most of us would say, if we were to ask, how are you doing? We'd say, hey, I'm good. How are you? But imagine that we're just hanging out around a campfire and we have nothing but time and s'mores and we're there under the stars to talk. And if we would say, how are you doing really? I think most of us would probably have an area in our life that we could say, you know, to be honest, I'm struggling in this area. And last week, the, the uh, focus was the area of, to, where we would say, to be honest, I'm not feeling the love. I'm struggling to." To love some people in my life. There's a a relationship that's broken and and needs reconciled, or I have an area that someone has hurt me and I just can't get past this hurt. And to be honest, I'm struggling with it. And what a gift through God's word last week just to to follow our Lord into that way of love and to hear Him whisper again, Follow me, and to forgive as we have been forgiven. I love the the hope that comes out of that where our hurts are actually the context through which we bring glory to God as we express a love to those around us that that we have received as well. Well, today our focus is hope. So in the realm of hope, how are you doing? So we think about hope. Okay, what is hope? And we know as followers of Christ, our hope is We've described this as faith looking forward, and our hope is in the unfailing love of our God. He's promised that that His love will follow us every day of our life. He will pursue our good every day of our lives. And so, as we think about hope, as we process the future today, tomorrow, and into eternity, our hope is in His unfailing love. And we know in Psalm 147, verse 11, God is glorified in our hope. He, uh, as we put our hope in him and his unfailing love, he delights in that. And so one way that we glorify him is through our hope. It's encouraging to know our hope is not in our circumstances, our ever-changing circumstances, but, but our hope is in our unchanging God. It's a hope that often when we think about hope, we think about end-time hope. And that's a very real hope, and we're called in, First Peter says, um, Set your hope fully on the grace to be revealed to you when when Christ comes again. So that is to be our hope. But the hope we have in Christ is a hope that brightens not just eternity, but it brightens every day, every moment into eternity. And yet, today I'm guessing that we could all point to something in our lives that is threatening to cloud our hope. If we could just hang out at the campfire and say, hey, is there a circumstance or is there a fear or a, a something that, that is present in your life that at times it, it just clouds the hope, the bright hope that, that we've been called to, to experience and live under? We live in a world full of trouble, don't we? We, uh, we have afflictions around us and we thinking what we've come through over the past couple years, The uh, it, it's been a unique season in that things that we thought were were not possible were became possible <laughs> I, I often think about when our daughter Jessie was young and and uh, she was afraid of storms and Tam uh, assured her my wife that hey um, when tornadoes come through the Midwest the odds of a tornado hitting your house our house are so slim don't be afraid well one night a mini-tornado took our roof off <laughs> So, you know, that leaves you like, all right, Um, and it it almost feels like we've been through a season where it's left us with this dull sense of what's coming next, right, this looming sense of I'm not so sure I'm excited about the future, because what's the future, what's coming, and we know as followers of Christ, we, we have his promise, we have his presence, and yet, in a real way, to be honest, there can be some some fears, some cynicism, some loss of hope. And, and many of us would say, there, there is this thing that, that I'm struggling with that's clouding my hope. To be honest, I'm not filling the hope. One morning last summer, I woke up after an especially wonderful pool party. And it's one of those you just fall asleep, you don't have time to clean up. And there were toys scattered all over the, the backyard and the pool. And as I'm cleaning out the, the pool, I met this little guy hanging on to a... a a toy. This little mouse, I mean, I'm sure was scurrying through the, the backyard, chased, being chased by the neighborhood cat and had no choice but to take a dive. And then here he is. And then when I zoomed, he has his little. He was alive, hanging on for dear life. His little nose was just bringing in the O2. He's, uh, and then did you, as I zoomed in on that pic, there's a bee on that toy talking trash to him. Messing with him. <laughs> and when I saw that, I thought, this is a sermon illustration. I've got to get this. Because is this not a picture of life? You know, those moments that that uh, thinking, I'm not filling the hope. And it was such a joy to save that little mouse and send him off to happily ever after into the woods. But today, the prayer is that uh, this message from God's word would restore your hope to overflowing Love that picture in the Old Testament where David, God had already been anointed to be king, but he's on the run and he's feeling like that mouse. He's, he's struck, honestly, probably not filling the hope as he is a fugitive being chased by King Saul. But uh, his, his brother in, in the Lord, uh, Jonathan, goes out and finds him. And it's 1 Samuel chapter 23. Verse 15, it says, while David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life, and Saul's son, Jonathan, went to, to David at Horish and helped him find strength in the Lord. And today, that's really the, the aim of our time together, is to help you, to help us all find strength in our Lord, so that we would live with the hope that's overflowing. So the question today is, how do we live with hope in a world that's full of affliction? And we'll start with the launch pad text, and then we will um, look to the life of our Lord, the one we follow, and his instructions. And so the launch pad text is Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans 12, 12, it, it comes at the end of Romans there where Paul has been for first 11 chapters discussing our salvation and how great is salvation through faith in Christ and the hope that we have in knowing God through faith in him. Gets to chapter 12 and he calls us into a life of worship and it says this is what it looks like as you live a life of worship and he's rolling through chapter 12 um, with some instructions and we come to this verse Romans 12 12 says be joyful in hope patient in affliction faithful in prayer three observations flow out of this text the first one is the beautiful possibility that we could be joyful in hope. When God says, be joyful in hope, or in hope rejoicing, this is the life that he created us through Christ, recreated us to experience. Like, this is possible. So it's the idea that we could live with such a hope that as we look to the future, today, tomorrow, and into eternity, that this hope sparks joy. That that it actually hits our soul when we consider the hope that we have, that, that it would move us to joy, be joyful in hope. This is uh, to live with such a hope that, uh, that it alters our uh, emotional state. It's, it's a hope that's in Christ, in, in the Lord, and His promises to us. It's the vision that Paul has for these Romans Christians later on as he, he writes this, the blessing he gives them in Romans fifteen thirteen that says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today the vision that I believe God wants to do in each of our hearts as we leave this place is that we would be walking out of here and and following him into this week with an overflowing hope, a heart that is overflowing with hope. So the beautiful possibility is to be joyful in hope. This is, um, you could take the entirety of God's word and, and just walk through it and see calling after calling and reason after reason that, that we have this hope. I'll just share one in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and it's gonna be really hard to stop at verse 3, but Paul is listing the reasons to praise God. First on his list of, of reasons we praise to praise God is there in verse 3. He says, "'Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.'" In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Speaking of our regeneration or being born again when we come to faith in Christ, new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I love that picture. The hope that we have is a living hope. When you think about hope, there's different certainties that come with hope. You know, we, we hope the Colts made a good draft pick and the season will be good this coming year the the certainty level on that is low but the hope that we the uh, sorry <laughs> yeah but uh but the certainty we have in Christ is that uh, or our hope in Christ is certain because he is our living hope and i love the picture that Paul, peter uses here we have been given rebirth into a living hope this week we celebrated as a church family with uh, little Henry neighbors, Ivan and Andrea's son, coming into the world, being born into a, they just picture him coming into a house of love. He was born into a, a loving family. Well, as followers of Christ, we have been reborn into a house of hope, haven't we? And it's a hope that is certain. It's a hope that is lasting, a, a living hope. So this is where it gets good. When we allow the sunlight of our living hope, the hope that we have in Christ to, to just shine down on not just our future day, but to, to break and, and shine down on our present day. It, it fills our hearts with joy. It sparks joy, doesn't it? As we stop and think about the promise of God to, where he says, I will be with you. I will, I will never leave you. His all-sufficient, all in, or, uh, um, ever-empowering, all-empowering grace to, to give us just what we need to to face the challenges of this day it fills us with joy think about um it also opens doors to witness first peter later 315 he says always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have and as we uh, interact with the people around us and they they see this hope in our our lives in our reflecting in our eyes but um really Found in our heart that they ask, where do you get this? And, and we can point to Christ and what he's done for us. So the beautiful possibility is to be joyful in hope. It brings us to the second part of this verse, which is the second observation is the problem. He says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction or endure in affliction, enduring. And so the problem is the, this hits us like just a, a cold glass of water in the face really is that we live in a world that is full of affliction the kind of affliction that will demand patient endurance. We experience trouble, hardship, pain that demands endurance. I love how God doesn't sugarcoat it here for us and Jesus again and again told us, in this world you'll have trouble and take up a cross, take up your cross and and follow me. These days though, I was thinking where we are as a people right now, having come through what we've come through and living in this time, never have we have we had have had have we had access to bad news or, or to the afflictions that are just throughout the world. And we have it on our phone, it's coming at us constantly and and it can cloud hope, I think, over time. And so the question becomes, okay, how do we live with hope in the midst of a world that is full of full of affliction? Paul describes this world that we live in earlier in Romans with with the word um, groan is really a picture of, of our present reality. And it's interesting, Romans chapter 8, verse 22, he says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. We know we're groaning under the curse of sin, and what happened in Genesis 3 is we turned our backs on God and and chose life without Him, and that life can be described as as a groan interesting the intensity of it here the pains of childbirth he says not only so but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the spirit we groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption to sonship the redemption of our bodies and so we feel this spiritually we feel it where we've not yet become like christ and we get a taste of it but yet we know we have a ways to go and we groan to be like him don't we we fill it in the, uh, the broken relationships that we fill. We fill it in the, our broken bodies. And I know I look out and see many of you are in a season of suffering physically or, um, and we know we will all eventually, these bodies will wear out and, and we end in a groan. He says, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. And there's that idea of, Patient endurance, but it brings the problem, doesn't it? Like, okay, how do we live with hope? That such a hope that sparks joy as I endure affliction, an affliction that can be described as groans. And I was thinking about the word "groan." Immediately brings to mind a moment I've shared this story before. Hopefully, it was a while ago, but the uh, where. It was I was going to a pastor's conference up in Chicago, and I did not have a roommate, and so I'm like, hey, I'll just go with a random roommate. And So I was paired with a pastor who was at the end of his pastoral ministry. I was just starting a larger church out in Albu- Albuquerque, and we, you know, his name was Jerry, and we talked, whatever. And, but the first thing we did there as we were in the, the dorm room was he, he, I was doing some study, and he took a nap but as he took a nap this is what made it memorable he started groaning in a way that was like kind of embarrassing for, for me to like does he know how loud he is i mean it was do i need to call 911 for this guy <laughs> he's not doing well i mean he was moaning and groaning and then even as he's sleeping there's a moaning and groaning and this went on the entire time the, throughout the rest of the conference come to find out he had come out from Albuquerque to Chicago not so much to sit in the sessions but to sleep ministry was beating him up. And I was like, Lord, if this is what pastoral ministry does to you, I've got to get out before I'm <laughs> groaning like this. Well, guess what I've discovered since then? That's not what pastoral ministry does to you. That's what life does to you, isn't it? <laughs> Can I get an amen from anybody? <laughs> life leaves us groaning, and, and all creation groans under the curse. And, and we laugh, but, but I know um, I look out today, and I know within our church family, many of you are going through a season of, of deep ache and deep pain and uh, heartache, affliction, troubles. And the question is, as we go through these troubles, is it possible to truly live with a hope that actually sparks joy? Is this a, a possibility? And if so, how is the question and the answer is found in the third part of this little verse. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. How do we live with hope in a world full of affliction? The answer is one place. It's intimacy with the Almighty. And the path to intimacy is prayer. The uh, third observation here is the path to run. Faithful in prayer. I love this picture, and the, the source of our hope is the, uh, the God of all hope. The path to intimacy is, or the path to, uh, to hope is intimacy with him. And what God is doing here, and he does this, as you study scripture, you see it again and again and again, but the call to prayer is an invitation into his presence, and it's an invitation to, to a hope that sparks joy. The idea here is faithful in prayer or constant in prayer, steadfast, unmoving. We know that we often talk about prayer being the breath of our soul. It's, uh, it's living in His presence. It's seeking Him. And today, I was thinking of all the gifts of this message. Really, the gift is God uh, whispering again, follow this well-worn path into my presence. Seek me, follow me, know me through prayer. So what's this look like becomes the question. And this is where we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. I know for many of us this may not be new, but I I hope it births in all of us a a renewed desire and a fresh desire to follow him in a certain way of life. How did Jesus live? We know that Hebrews uh, 12, we fix our eyes on him who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame. But practically, like Monday morning, How did Jesus live with hope, especially when he faced uh, an affliction that none of us will ever face? And the answer Luke gives us in Luke chapter 5, 15 and 16. Here we see Jesus in his everyday ministry, uh, the pace of life is accelerating as the needs around him are increasing. Verse 15, it says, yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him. And he, he, t- to be healed of their sicknesses. So the afflictions, he's ministering to people. But the word but is a huge uh, indicator, a transition. He, he could have been overwhelmed by the afflictions and all that's going on. But Jesus often, a time word there, he's, this, this marked his life. He often set aside time, often withdrew. To lonely places, so places that were out and about, literally the like wilderness places, places that were distraction free, places away from from people. To do what? He often withdrew to lonely places, lonely places, and he prayed. The passion of our Lord, and the practice of our Lord, his habit, his routine, was to run this route of prayer, to be with his Father. I pray today, and in my own heart, in our hearts as well, that that his passion would be our passion. How do we live with a hope that sparks joy in a world full of affliction? And it's to pursue intimacy with our Father. As we look throughout the, the Old Testament, throughout all of Scripture, we see this passion to be in the presence of the Father and to be grow in our intimacy with him something that that marks the hearts of those who endured we see it uh, throughout the psalms i'll read just a few examples psalm 27 verse 4 david writes one thing i ask from the lord this only do i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the lord and to seek him in his temple psalm 42 1 and 2 is the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you my god my soul thirsts for the living God. Where can, when can I go and meet with God? Psalm 63, verse 1 says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And then Psalm 84, verse 1 and 2, he says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. May God create in us a longing for Him, and may He use even our afflictions to create a passionate desire to know Him and to be with Him. In a world of afflictions, needs, and troubles, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If this was his practice, how much more should it be our practice? So it raises the question, though, when he did get alone with the Father, what did he say? Like what guided his conversation? And we know another familiar text, the, the disciples asked him, how, how, teach us to pray. This one comes out actually of his Sermon on the Mount, but he gives us a conversation guide. And often the, the words that we'll, we'll be looking at, Become our prayer, but, but I think God wants them to be more, rather than just a prayer, a prayer template, each line being a doorway that opens us into a, an arena where we can grow in our relationship and intimacy with the Lord. And so we'll walk through these, and I, as we walk through these, I just pray that God will restore our hope, even in, in real time here. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. He's already dealt with some heart issues. As we come to pray, and, and here comes the, a conversation guide. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Father in heaven. As we storm the presence of our God and we come into to pray, to talk with Him, the way that we enter His presence is with these words, Our Father in Heaven. A doorway that, that first starts with, Who is He? He is our Father. This is only through faith in Jesus Christ, but that we can call Him Father. Here He is reminding us that we are adopted, that we belong. This is the hope. Of belonging, as we gaze into His eyes, we gaze into the eyes of a Father that loves us with the love that has no no measure; it's infinite. And again and again, Jesus taught us that hey, you have fathers that are broken and sinful, and yet they know how to give good gifts. And we see that in, in Paul's writings, his, his prayer was that our eyes would be open to the love that God has for us, the Father's love for us, and. Being a dad, then too, I, I know it opens a window into my great joy is just being with my kids. <laughs> you know? And, and to think that the Father just delights in your presence, in your company, and your conversation with Him. It's the joy of belonging to the most wonderful being of the universe and that He wants intimacy, He delights in that intimacy. Our Father, it's a reminder that that you belong to a family. You know you're not alone. It's interesting in this prayer, often in the West, we, we think about religion as being individual. It's me and God, but actually, from the very birth, it's communal. As we come to Christ, we're born into a family, and how Jesus teaches us to pray is in a communal way. It's all plural when he talks about our and us. We have a family. We come to him together, and our Father, and I love it how right at the start, where does he put our eyes? Our Father in heaven. There's a whole reality, and this world is all we see, it's all we know, and the clouds of affliction can just clap just keep us from seeing what's, what's truly real. But our true home, our eternal home, it's real. Here at the start, he's just our Father delights in us, that we delight in, in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is the hope of his glory. To be to hallow something is to glorify it, is to lift it up, is to, extol, is to magnify it, and when we say hallowed be your name, the name represents all that our God is, and if you could say everything that God is in a word, that's what he's trying to say here, and it's, this is... You think about who our God is. This is our primary calling, our chief calling in life. It's here God is just bringing us back to, okay, today, whatever you had going today, this is the main thing, (laughs) to hallow the name of our God who is majestic and holy and glorious in an infinite way. We are finite creatures, therefore we will never fully know the infinite God. Just to think about that, and every attribute that describes him. his I, Go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, and he reminds his people, Have you not heard? Have you forgot? I'm the eternal God. Time. Eternal. He is outside of that. I am the creator of all things. Everything that has existed, ever will exist Our heartbeats, our breath, the breath and heartbeat of all that is, the universe, the stars, everything. I made all this, and my energy will never deplete. Everything else in this world has an energy that goes down, not mine. Infinite in energy and my understanding no one can fathom. I am wise beyond the wisdom of E equals MC squared. Einstein, time, space, energy, and matter is one plus one to me <laughs> hallowed be your name you guys when we get lost in the glory of God and our calling to glorify him what happens to your hope what happens to that temporary problem and it just gets tsh, the sunlight of almighty God basking over our little lives and our little problems hallowed be your name I'm talking to the one who can do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine. According to his power, that's at work in us, church, for his glory. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the hope of his kingdom coming. You say, what's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is wherever the rule and reign of God are, are happening. Wherever God is king, where his will is being done, Jesus says that his will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so as we pray this, we're just praying, Lord, would your kingdom come first in my heart, but then in our church family, we are an outpost of heaven, and the king is the one we, we surrender to. And so wherever the kingdom of God is not in my own heart, Lord, would you be king of that? Would, would your will be done? And wherever the kingdom of God is not happening in our church family or our family at home, would you be king of that? Would your will be done? And we pray this into our community, don't we? Now, is God going to set up, or is, won't get political here. We have to be careful about the, uh, <laughs> there's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. But he has called us to to be his presence here in our community. And so where we see dysfunction, where we see pain, where we see um, oppression, the abuse of power, the abuse of whatever, we come into that situation and we pray by faith, with faith, Lord, would your kingdom come in this situation? And I'm here to help it, however you want me to help. And as we pray that, do you see what comes with it? Hope. Because we know that he said, you have not because you ask not. Ask me. Pray. In my name, pray. And he is doing a work in our, this time and place, and one day he will return. The king will return to set up his kingdom. And so we pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A tendency to lose hope or grow cynical with life and with humans and even our own hearts as we struggle all the way home. Just like, man, am I ever going to be there? And this prayer keeps us full of hope, doesn't it? It's like, all right, it's a new day. It's a new day for us, new day for me, new day for our church, for our community. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us today our daily bread. This is the hope of daily provision. This is where we bring our daily needs to the Lord. Isn't it interesting how that thing that wakes you up at 3 in the morning, often we struggle with it, all. you know, toss and turn, wake up in the morning and like, all right, here we go. And we forget to just, Lord, here's that thing. <laughs> you know, like the three things today that I'm worried about. And God, our Father, is, is delighting in us just, all right, give me your daily concerns. Give me your top three. One, two, three. You have not because you ask not. And then he provides. He's so faithful, isn't he? Why did God set it up so that we need him? And So that we, because he loves us, he delights in us, and and because we need him daily, and Jesus taught us, take it 24 hours at a time, we bring him our daily provisions, he provides like manna in the wilderness for his people, and we grow in our love for him. Hope fills our soul. And then he says, uh, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is the hope of daily grace. As we pray this, we're reminded that we need his grace daily and that we have his grace daily that His grace is enough. And then it calls us to extend grace as well to those around us. Then the last part of the prayer is, and and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, or from the evil one. And this is the hope of His protection in the fight. It's true as we go out today that we go into a battle, and that our enemy is real, our enemy is powerful, and our suffering is real. But as we go, praying this, Lord, deliver us from evil, that we have his protection as we go. What a comfort to us and hope for us as we go. Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And so bringing it all together, how do we live with hope in a world full of affliction? Be joyful in hope. But how? When we're having um, or we, we must endure patiently in afflictions, and the answer is the source of our hope is intimacy with our God, with the God of all hope. And the path to that intimacy is, is through prayer, faithful prayer. God's invitation to us is to follow the way of Jesus, often withdrawing to lonely places and just being with him. And maybe today that's been the action step for you as, you, as you're listening to this and the truth takes heart root in your heart, is just to hear the summons of our Lord, maybe even this afternoon, just to go take a walk in the park <laughs> or get away in a quiet place and, and just seek him and pursue him. And, uh, and let these, this guideline for conversation walk you into to a, a talk and a conversation with him. Today we're excited to welcome the Ells family into our church family as members. Tam and I had the chance to enjoy a, a wonderful dinner with uh, Brent and Patricia and uh, Grant and Stella and to hear their faith stories that they have all come to faith in Jesus Christ placed their hope in him as their savior and and it was neat to just hear them verbalize too that Christ is the center of their home and they're pumped to be a part of our church family and and follow him together but as they shared their story it was evident that the highs and lows of life they've hit they've had wonderful moments but they've had some pretty significant afflictions that they've faced and A theme that came out in their story was the faithfulness of God, just to carry them through. One of their passions is to, uh, with their kids at the age they are, they want to see all uh, 50 states and the beautiful things in the states. They love to travel, and it's a passion. But it was interesting as we talked, there was some urgency to it. Like this summer, they are headed to Alaska. They're going north, and they want to go see the beauty of Alaska. and, And like, man, they are getting after it. As we talked, it became clear the why behind their passion and urgency. Several years ago, Brent um, was diagnosed with a a, a disease aimed at his eyesight and completely took the sight of one of his eyes. So he only has, he can only see out of one eye. And you really stop and think about the preciousness of sight, you could tell it, it would rock you. But then that disease is not, it's still coming after him. And the doctors are trying to treat it, but there's no guarantee that he will be able to keep the sight in his left eye. He doesn't know how long. He wants, his hope is to see the beauties of, of this nation, of this world, with his loved ones while he can. And, but as I talked with Brent and Patricia and the various challenges that they have faced, this one included, there was a hope and a joy, and it was Just um, neat to see that uh, as he shared his one word for this year, and his one word is yet. And it's a word that comes out of Habakkuk chapter uh, 3 as the prophet is processing living through affliction. They're facing some hard times, and he uses poetry here in verse 17 as he says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though The olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. So basically, there's a war that will be coming, judgment coming on their nation, and economic collapse is what he's describing, hard times. Here's Brent's word, yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Joyful in hope. How? Intimacy with the Almighty. Be thou my vision, right, is our prayer. And so I'll pray us through this um, as we wrap up today. Just pray us back through the, the prayer template that our Lord has given us. And invite you, I'll leave some space for you to pray as well and just talk with the Lord and And then we'll wrap up. So if you would join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread Lord as a church family we in this room there are so many needs thank you that you're faithful and I think of the Ells family and thank you for them and pray blessing over them. Thank you for bringing them to our church family. And today, we unite as a family and just ask you to preserve Brent's eyesight for your glory. Bring healing. Pray for Sam Denny this morning, Lord, as he recovers from his stroke. And just pray that you would bring healing to his body, recovery, and for Luann and the family as they care for him. Pray grace and peace and strength. Lord, we celebrate with the neighbor's family at the arrival of little Henry and just pray strength and and, uh, healing for mom and health for Henry. Pray for Steve Kersey, Lord, as he recovers from heart surgery. Susan, as she cares for him, that you would continue to, to bring him along on his road of recovery. And just looking out over our church family, I just see person after person. God, I know facing challenges, I think of our college students who are facing finals week that you would provide for them I pray for those facing physical health issues that you would give them strength for for those who are uh, right now living under a cloud of affliction and just not seeing the hope Lord that you would even in these moments just push the clouds aside and let your light shine down upon them Pray for our church family as we, this week, we celebrate the gift of uh, Valerie Christensen being our business administrator, but um, with her stepping aside now, we just pray that you would raise up a business administrator to fill her spot and we uh, know that you will provide. Lord, we pray that you would forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. If there's one thing we could ask it would be that you would keep us close to yourself in a world full of evil and distraction that that you would lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one and i pray this week lord that that we would know the joy of living full of hope you would help us to endure patiently in affliction and to be faithful in prayer, to walk closely with you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.